It rained like we were a splatter of bird shit God was trying to hose off his deck. The three of us ripped through the downpour in a beige 1996 Saturn coupe, me at the wheel. I squinted drunkenly into the rearview mirror and tried in vain to find the headlights of the black truck that was chasing us, but I actually wasn't sure if its drivers needed headlights to see or if they even had eyes. I also wasn't sure it was a truck or if it was black or if we were being pursued at all. It was definitely raining, though. My friend, John, was in the passenger seat, and the only reason he wasn't driving was because, in addition to also being drunk, he was wounded. Both of his hands were wrapped in the T-shirt he'd torn off to use as gauze. His wounds had not been inflicted by our pursuers, at least not directly. He had burned himself grabbing a fondue pot full of melted chocolate that we had been dipping fried chicken strips into. Try it sometime, seriously. My girlfriend, Amy, was in the back seat. She wasn't driving because she didn't know how, but she apparently did have enough expertise to judge my performance, screaming warnings at me to keep my eyes on the road and to watch out for that curve and, oh, God, we're all gonna die. In Amy's right hand, her only hand, was a little gray metal container about the size of a shot glass. That container was what the occupants of the truck were after, and I had known this the moment they had burst into John's living room ten minutes ago. We had just been minding our own business, eating our chocolate chicken, and making our way through a theme movie night. We'd picked out four films in which the ending is probably the main character's dying hallucination. Taxi Driver, Minority Report, The Shawshank Redemption, and Mrs. Doubtfire. In through the front door came this whirlwind of a half-dozen men in black cloaks, all wearing what looked like rubber Halloween masks, drooping, expressionless faces with lifeless, skewed eyeballs. The lead cloak was wearing the mask of a puffy-cheeked infant and brandished a weapon that looked like a huge, electrified Toblerone bar, a series of black pyramids in a row fed by cables that ran inside his robe. John's little Yorkshire terrier was yapping its head off, probably asking the intruders to take him away to a better home. The man with the Toblerone gun had screamed, Where is it? in a voice like a spider that had learned to imitate human speech via some online courses it had taken. We hadn't had to ask what it was. John's house is my favorite place in the world, but there's nothing else in there that you couldn't replace with a trip to Target or a garage sale held at a meth dealer's house. No, they had come for that little brushed steel vial Amy now held in her hand. They weren't getting it. So, John had grabbed the fondue pot and slung the molten contents at the thing with the spidery voice, inflicting hot brown splash damage on everyone in the room. Amy grabbed the vial from its hiding place, sitting in plain view on John's kitchen counter, next to a novelty bong shaped like a triathlon trophy, and we sprinted out the back door into a raging thunderstorm. We piled into my car, I floored it, and that's where we are now.